The Lord predetermined that you and I would live for the praise of His glory. Think of that. He cut out moments of time in our lives and ordained that in those moments we would bring massive glory to Him. He set a course for us to walk, and we can live that way throughout our life, and then He wants us to land in the winner's circle at the end of the days of our life on earth. When you and I spend our life investing in the purposes of God, we will end up in the winner's circle for eternity. I just buried a close friend earlier in the week, just a little older than I was, from COVID-19. Where you and I spend eternity is really going to matter when we are dying. And living our lives now in the light of eternity, you know how people talk about they're living their best life now? Let me tell you the real definition of living your best life now. Living your life in light of eternity. What kind of reward you will be given by the king will truly be the only thing that matters when you and I see him with our eyes, and every eye will see him. So we're to live a certain way as if our life depends upon it now, because it does, and for eternity, because it does. But to do so is going to require something from us, a number of things from us. It requires passion, it requires patience. It requires you and I to live by the principles of God. It requires that you and I allow the Holy Spirit who lives on the inside of real believers to do His work on us and in us. Because we need Him to give us guidance. We need His principles that He shows us from the Word of God so we can know the truth, so we can live in light and follow the path of God all the way to the winner's circle. Now, all of the things I've been talking about are not optional at any time in life. But we are living in a time, you and I are living in a time when what we're talking about is not optional. It's a must that we fill our travel bag with these four components we've talked about all month. It's a must if we're going to fulfill God's purpose. It's a must in order to stay strong and spiritually solid. It's a must to overcome the battles that each of us face personally. How many of you have faced a personal battle already in 2021, right? right? And there'll be more. Isn't that good news? <laughs> there'll be more. And you and I have an old nature in us that still contends for a place of superiority in our soul. We also have an enemy. The evil one still seeks to tempt you, me, all of us, woo us back into the dungeon that Jesus emancipated us from. And so it's a must that we put these things in our travel bag and use them as we go through 2021. It's a must if we're going to develop a healthy and growing Christian witness as a church in our community. What are those things? listening to God, standing, taking a stand for God when it matters, 
and standing the way God wants us to stand in all matters. That's what matters. That's why prayer is so important. We talked about that last week. And this week, I want to add one more thing. I want to fill up the travel bag with one more thing because our life depends on it. I want to talk to you today about giving. Now, when giving is a subject matter in a morning message, many times our minds, and yours probably has already, automatically begins to think about money matters and how money matters matter to the king and the kingdom of God, and they do. Money does matter to Jesus. It matters greatly. Think of this. Jesus used money as the number one illustration in every parable when he preached on any matter. That doesn't mean that every parable is talking about money, but if you do an inventory of all the parables, the number one subject matter he used mostly was money. And money was also a subject that Jesus used when he spoke. Do you know what Jesus said? This is how plain he made it. Jesus said, a person cannot be devoted to God and money at the same degree. Impossible. He said, one will hold to a higher priority than the other in a person's life. Now, with all that said, this message does not have money at the core of the matter. I want to talk to you this morning about giving in a much broader perspective than money alone. But if we understand this perspective about giving as, as, as true disciples of Jesus who are committed to not only calling him Lord, but doing what he tells us to do, if the Holy Spirit is really influencing us daily, then generosity with our money will be truly evident. Spirit-filled believers, let's say it this way, when the Holy Spirit is forming my life to be more like Jesus, stinginess is not a core matter. Stinginess will not be evident in my life. Listen, it's not possible to be a believer who goes on a journey into the deep oceans of the Holy Spirit mission and leave your wallet back on the blanket on the beach. It's not possible. It's not possible. So let me top off the travel bag and talk about giving in a bigger picture than just about money. Because if we get this, money will come along as well. Because God wants to use our money to do what we're talking about today. I want to talk to you about giving being a lifestyle that the true Christian lifestyle is a lifestyle of giving. And I want to take you to a passage where Jesus is talking about this in the Sermon on the Mount from Luke's perspective. Next, I can't wait. I've been planning for months now. Next week, we're going to start our series from the Gospel of Luke, and we're just going to go. We're just going to go with it. I can't wait. And we'll come to this later, but I just want to hit this, uh, getting you ready for it. Jesus is describing a giving heart in, in the Sermon on the Mount. And what we're about to read, some of the greatest words ever spoken by anyone on earth are what we're about to read. These words that we're about to read, these words were the greatest influence in the life of Martin Luther King Jr. and someone who wasn't even a Christian, Mahatma Gandhi. 
And every Christian influencer of the past would say they, hang a lot of, they hung a lot of their faith and their action on these words. You want to read them? Listen to this. Jesus says in Luke 6, but I say to you who hear, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. Whoever hits you on the cheek, offer him the other also. And whoever takes away your coat, do not withhold your shirt from him either. Give to every. It's in the context of that. Give to everyone who asks of you, and whoever takes away what is yours, do not demand it back. So before we go any further, he's, what, he's saying this. What do I expect you to give to people who are doing the nasty on you? Something with your mouth. Bless. Something else with your heart. Pray for. And something else. Stay in the mindset of giving another chance. Now, there are exceptions to that, and I don't have time to go there, right? Sexual abuse, physical abuse, all that, right? We, I, you're with me on that? I don't have time to go there, but understand I'm, I'm, I know that. You know that. But then he continues saying the way you and I give to the nasty is to be visible in such a way that people in the world see a difference in the way we give and to who we give. And then he goes on to say this. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? He's talking about reward, right? For even sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do the same. If you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners in order to receive back the same amount. But, he's talking to us. As we travel into 2021, love your enemies and do good and lend expecting nothing in return. And then he says, this will show the lost, this will show the observer something about God. He says, your reward will be great. That's a good thing, right? The winner's circle. And you will be sons of the Most High for, he, listen to this, Jesus said, for he himself is kind to ungrateful and evil people. Is that crazy? Well, it's not crazy. That's normal to Jesus. He describes what giving looks like in these passages. Do good, do, be kind, expect nothing back, but expect your reward great in the winner's circle. It's almost un beyond believable. It's the upside-down kingdom that Jesus presented. We're going to look at it in the Gospel of Luke. Here's, here's what I, I know you're thinking what I'm thinking. When you read that, right, here's what I'm thinking to myself. Try to do that every day. 
Try to do that in your own strength. You know what? Our natural mind... Our natural inclinations are not wired to naturally live like that, right? You know, some of us might have a good day. Have you ever had one of those? (laughs) Aren't they treasures? You had a good day and you're feeling good. Maybe you're a snow person and it's snowing. And I mean, you just love everybody. When it's snowing, six feet, nine feet, crazy people, you're just full of love, man. You, oh, yes, sure. You Soup, yes, more. Would you like my spot? Yes, absolutely. I'm a snow person. Then there's other people like, I hate snow. Wish I was in California, right? Wish the sun was shining so I could have be in a good mood, right? I mean, but there are days where we feel good. A day, two, three, we string it out. And for a couple of days, we're just... I am sunshine on a cloudy day. And I can love hurting people. Someone takes my spot. and I, there's a, I just go, la-di-da-di-da, grooving on a Sunday afternoon. You know, you're that. But do it long term. Impossible. Because our nature is not wired to do that naturally. Someone might be having a good day for a while, but something can happen. Someone happens to us, or we happen to someone else. That's why we need that prayer part in the travel bag. We need to ask, seek, and knock in order for the Father to give us the Holy Spirit, to give us the Holy Spirit, to give us the Holy Spirit, so we have the grace to do what Jesus is calling his disciples to become more and more like, which is what we just looked at. That means someone greater has to take over my wheel. Someone greater has to mold my emotional makeup. Someone greater has to influence me with the graciousness so that sunlight and daughter light shows up. Someone greater. Something has to happen for me in order to live a life where I'm a giver like that. You know, you can give money in a church basket and be nasty. We can give money, we can tithe, and not be the kind of giver that is described by Jesus, right? It reminds me of a quote by John Maxwell, one of the greatest mentors of leaders in the church, in the business world. He wrote a book, De- Developing the Leader Within You, Developing Leaders Around You, The suggest- Success Journey. Uh, it takes more than talent. Anything you wrote, well worth your read. He says this, people do not give from the top of their purses, but from the bottom of their hearts. So if you desire to become a more generous person, do not change your income, change your heart. But it's not easy to change your heart. In other words, we can't change our heart without the heart changer, the Holy Spirit, who comes to do just that. That's why we have to keep asking, keep seeking, and keep knocking. And how much more shall your heavenly Father keep on giving the grace of the Holy Spirit to those who ask? So here it is, travel bag, listening, standing in him, praying That means tapping into the great resources of the Holy Spirit, asking the Father, and it means giving way beyond money. He keeps going in this sermon. Giving. Here we go. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Do not judge. 
and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Don't you wish the people that needed this message were here today? Don't you wish? Call a neighbor. Tell them to get on Facebook. You say, hey, this sermon reminds me of you. Condemn, do not condemn, and you'll not be condemned. Pardon, and you'll be pardoned. We give mercy. Mercy is withholding judgment from somebody that we think deserves it because they hurt our feelings or they hurt us. And it not only means what we withhold, it also means do the opposite and be kind to that person that should be judged. We give in a way by withholding something. We withhold judgment. We resist condemning and we let it go. Jesus basically says all that and then he sums it all up with this statement which most people use in terms of money. But it's so way beyond that. And we're going to get into the, the meaning of it. Here we go. Verse 27. Give. He said all that. He didn't mention money once. Not once. He did, I'm going to say it over here. He didn't mention money one time in this. He said all these things. And then he sums it up and says, so, basically, all those things I just said, give, and it will be given to you. They will pour into your lap a good measure, pressed down, shaken together. I'm convicting myself preaching this. And running over. Here we go. Ready? For by your standard of measure... It will be measured to you in return. Let me give you six points on this. Point number one. Giving love, giving love, is the fixed law of God's kingdom. God has set up the universe in which we live to only operate correctly in the law of love. Love him with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. God, listen, God Almighty set up the universe fine-tuned to love. Love him and others, that's precision. Outside of that, and there is no life. Outside of that, to the the degree we are outside of the law of love is the degree that our life is misery. Look at the world. Look at the United States of America. Everybody's right. And it's never been so wrong. Let me ask you this. I've never had this happen to me before. Maybe you have Facebook, live stream. Have you ever had anybody Write your back on Facebook and say, Tim, I was living a certain way, thinking a certain way, walking a certain path, politically, here's where I was, and you posted something. And my whole life turned around. Raise your hand if that's happened to you. Right. And you've been trying it like me for what? How many years? 10, 50? Wonder if it's going to happen in 2021. Let me tell you what will make it happen. Not doing that, doing this. Do you know what? 
Even non-believers who are generous people know a measure of joy in their living. You know why? Because God has set the whole world, the whole universe up to operate correctly by the law of love. Point number two. Giving is where the Holy Spirit is living. Giving is where the Holy Spirit is living. Like in creation. Chapter one. Genesis one. God had a plan to create these wonderful things out of no thing at all by the declaration of his word and the Holy Spirit was hovering waiting for God to speak his word. And when God would speak his word, the Holy Spirit, the agent, would create out of nothing what God declared out of his mouth. And so think of this. The Holy Spirit in the same way is hovering around churches, hovering around individuals, hovering around our families, hovering around our organizations, hovering around our lives, looking for someone who will be a giver because giving is where the Holy Spirit is living. The Holy Spirit wants to work on people in the way that He works on people is by sending giving people into that world that he wants to work on. Giving is where the Holy Spirit is living. Point number three. The kind of giving we give, the kind of giving we give will define our getting. Sadly, a lot of preachers from the 80s to not as, hopefully not as much today, They'd only use these scriptures to talk about money. Right? Notice Jesus didn't mention money yet in the whole thing he's talking about. The kind of giving we give will define our getting. It's a fixed law by God. My friend Roger Teeter, who might be watching from Chile, years and years and years ago gave me this boomerang. I used to have it on the pulpit up here for years and years and years. Not this one. And I kept it here. The reason why was because sometimes when, back in that time, I was really going through a lot of things, not that I, but I was going through a lot of things and my, my emotions could get triggered. It, 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 it's, it's great when you can preach to a crowd of people that really love you. It's another thing when people are snarling at you when you're preaching. And sometimes when that happens, wave at me if you're a pastor, you've been there and done that. You've been on that van. Anyway, when, so, so I put this boomerang, because there's moments where you get, do you know you can use the Bible and shoot people? You can take truth and turn it into a truth bullet, yeah. right? And I would look down at that boomerang in moments when I would just feel that thing. I would be tracking with the Holy Spirit, and then all of a sudden I'd get this, and I'd just want to add my little vinegar in. And I'd look down at that boomerang, and I'd go, what goes around comes around, See, the kind of giving we get, and, and, and trust me, I failed as many times as I succeeded in that. How many of you like to get hit in the head with stuff? Raise your hand. How many of you like to get knocked on your, um, you know? How many of you like to get run over by a spiritual Mack truck because you've just been so in the wrongs? Raise your hand, right? See, there are fixed laws. Whether we're Presbyterian or Baptist or Pentecostal, there's fixed laws. The kind of giving we give will define our getting. Is anybody making any comments on Facebook? Let me know. Boomerangs or blessings? Here's the thing. 
I know this is a general statement. There are exceptions, but generally this is true. Mostly what is coming my way is what I've sent out from my way. Even the world gets it. They'll tell you what goes around comes around. Karma is a boomerang. Isn't it true? We do reap what we sow. We reap what we sow. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Flip it. Judge, he come to judge. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Condemn, and you're going to live under the condo. Not one at the beach, one of hell. Pardon, and you'll be pardoned. Boomerangs are blessings. Number four. The kind of giving attracts the same kind of givers. The kind of giving attracts the same kind of givers. Have you ever been in a, in a time and you've been in a group of people, maybe at your job, things aren't going too well, and people, there's a buzz and it's not a good one, and you know people are jacked up, and you know if you joined in and, you, and something just popped in your head and you thought, if I say this, man, I'm going to really jack us up. Don't look at me like you've never lived on planet Earth, Right? Huh? Have you ever, have you ever, where it's going on and something comes into your gift of suspicion or your gift of gab and you just feel empowered? Maybe you even think it's anointing. No, it's demon. But you think and you're ready to just, have you ever done it? You know what? <laughs> Guess what happens? There's usually some other nut in the room that goes, yeah, three times more. You know, hey, there is so much power in our attitudes, in our actions, like it or not. Did you really expect to see people climbing on the Capitol building? Well, there are people blaming certain people for that. But you know what? Giving attracts the same kind of givers. If, 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 I, if I use a certain tactic to motivate a crowd... The people who will gather around that must always be motivated by that. If I manipulate, I'm going to draw manipulators. If I'm a critic, I'm going to draw critics. If I'm getting ready to launch something and all I do is stand as an expert pointing out the faults of others, guess who I'm going to attract? All the other point out the faults of others. Because the kind of giving attracts the same kind of giver. Given it will be given back to you. What a positive motivator, if you think about it, for doing the right kind of giving. And what a scare to think of the wrong. If people are checking out on me regularly, back and way out, back and way off, something's being poured in my Make sure, see, it, everybody say it. It will come back according to the measure it went out. Travel bag, 2021. 
listening to God, standing for what matters the way God would stand so it would really matter, knowing when to not stand, how to stand, praying because, man, do do we need the grace of the Holy Spirit? And giving. Notice we haven't talked about money yet. Number five, giving strengthens your spiritual immune system. Giving strengthens your spiritual immune system. Just as God sets the laws of the universe to love him and love others, so our minds and our souls are, 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 were created to be light, to be peaceful, to be joyful, uh, to be trees of life where the tranquility of the river of the Spirit is flowing, where it's all good, even when it's not good. Now, that's supernatural. And giving what Jesus told us to give out and not give out will strengthen my spiritual immune system. In other words, when we give in these manners, we keep toxins from influencing our souls, ready, influencing our churches, influencing our families, influencing our organizations. Here's what I mean by that. The cancer of bitterness can't kill a giver. The cancer of hate can't kill a giver. The cancer of stinginess can't kill a giver. The cancer of greed can't kill a giver. The cancer of jealousy can't kill a giver. And the cancer of envy can't kill you. Giving strengthens the spiritual immune system. Hmm. Number six. Giving love, according to Jesus, giving love is the real proof of true faith. Attitudes and emotions of love don't always lead to action. I have uh, officiated a couple funerals during this pandemic. Two in the last couple weeks. And I opened up the room, small as it was, which breaks your heart because both of these people would have packed this church in normal times. Gave a moment for people to share their thoughts about the person that passed away. And I heard some of them tell their stories and how much these people meant to them. And here's what I knew. I knew them well enough to know that they had told those people that many times throughout their life. You know what the sad thing is? When people die not knowing they meant something to somebody. When people get eulogized and they're not even there, instead of being eulogized when they're here. Actions speak louder than attitudes and emotions. Well, I felt love for that person. I have an attitude of love. But actions are the only way to prove real love. Jesus didn't say, feel mercy, and that'll be good enough. 
Jesus didn't say feeling was enough. Now, if you, people say, well, I don't feel it. I think sometimes, I think many times, feeling is on the other side of doing. It's better to have a good attitude than the bad, and it's better to have good emotions than bad, but it's not enough. Christian attitudes and emotions that don't lead to action do not produce any life-changing results that the Holy Spirit can activate and change people's lives for the kingdom of God. Attitudes don't change things. Actions do. Emotions don't change things. Actions do. Listening to God, standing in the right way at the right time, praying for the Holy Spirit to stir up a relational grace and power to be what Jesus has just called us to be, which is completely contrary to what I feel and what I don't feel toward other people. And that demands me to continually to take a deep dive into the ocean of the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. You want me to be done now? Raise your hand. I wanna, I'm going to end with this. I want to transport us into the future in, my, in your imagination. Well, here we go, into the future. You and I and Marty and Doc, we just got in a DeLorean and we set, we set the time to the day Jesus judges every person. Boom, and off we go. Jesus gave the be ready, I'm coming back sermon in the 25th chapter of Matthew. I want to take you there. Jesus in this sermon is describing the people in the eternal winner's circle. Starts with this, Matthew 25, 34. He says this, then, see where he just took us there in the DeLorean. Then, are you with me? There's going to be a then, there's going to be a then for every one of us. And here's what happens. When is, when is then? Here it is. When the Son of Man comes and all the holy angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne and divide the nations. That means every individual in every people group. Before him, like a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. Watch this closely. Sheep, according to Jesus in John 10, that's a metaphor for Christians, right? Is that right? Am I, am I, is that heretical? Sheep, according to Jesus, are, are his people. Sheep, okay? That means the goats aren't. Is that correct? He will separate then the sheep from the goats, right? That tells me this. Sheep are winners. Goats are losers. Sheep are saved. Goats are lost. Sheep are rewarded. 
goats are banished for eternity based on what? The king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world for In other words, there's a reason you're over here. For, here's the answer. I was hungry, and you, what'd they do? Gave me something to eat. Attitude or action? I was thirsty, and you, ready? Gave me something to drink, on and on, right? Invited me in, clothed me, visited me, came to me when I was sick, prison. Then then the sheep, it doesn't say the sheep, it says then the righteous, sheep righteous, givers. Doesn't mention money, Yet. Now, you and I who are deep scholars, Protestant, standing for the faith, we know this is true. Paul said it. The righteous will live by what? Faith, right? The righteous will live by faith, right? Are these people righteous? Did they just prove their faith? Were they trying to earn it? No. But did they prove it? The righteous will live by faith. But you know what? In two other passages in the the New Testament, Galatians 5 and 1 Corinthians 6, it says this. Ready? The unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. Are these people inheriting the kingdom of God? Jesus said, come, blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world because, let me ask you this, are they called righteous by Jesus? Let me ask you this. This Is is this mind-blowing? Let me ask you this. Do you know what denomination they're of? Do you know if they're Protestant or Catholic? Do you know what Bible translation they read? Do you know what they believe about speaking in tongues? Do you know what they believe about pre-mid or post-tribulation? Do you know if they're dispensationalists, preterists? Do you know anything other than this? Jesus called them righteous based on the fact that they gave And those on his left, anyway, he'll answer. They'll say, when did we see you hungry? When did we feed you? When did we, when were you thirsty and we gave you something to drink? We never, you weren't there. When did we see you a stranger? Naked. 
And the king will answer and say, truly I say to you, to the extent that you D-I-D, to the extent that you felt or had an attitude that someday you'd get around to it, or, well, I would have, but the church didn't have a feeding program, to the extent that you did, let me ask you this, I'm going to go back. When the Son of Man comes, does it say, I will divide the shepherds? Or does it say sheep? The sheep are in the pews. Anyway. To the extent that you, this is personal, this isn't corporate. This isn't, I'm not going to that church because they, there's no they there. There's you and me. I'll be judged as you, but at a higher standard. That's scary. Yeah, try it for a living. Giving love is the real proof of true, I wish I had time to preach this. Giving love is the real proof of true faith. People who give this kind of love are the righteous who are truly living by faith, not works. Let me summarize this and end it. Giving is where the Holy Spirit, this is a travel bag message. I promise you we need it all year long. My spiritual immune system is in the balance. People need the Lord. And the Holy Spirit is waiting for you and I to get a a dose of the Holy Ghost in such a way that the greatest evidence of fullness of the Spirit is the kind of giving that Jesus described in the Sermon on the Plain in Luke, Mount Matthew, doesn't matter. Plain speaking from the Sermon on the Mount. Listening to God. Knowing when to stand up, stand down. Stand for, stand against, stand with. Listening to God will help with that. Praying in the grace, bathed in grace will help me to not be triggered. And giving. That's the winner's circle. It was 1980 in January, January 1980 that the Holy Spirit began drawing me to Jesus. And some of you that are watching, it's time for you, right now. He brought you to the end of walking that long and lonesome road all alone, to a moment right here and right now at the cross road. This divide. Get in the sheep side. 
at the foot of the cross this morning, you, I invite you to ask Jesus who died for you. He died for you. He wants you in the winter circle. Hey, the man on the cross, he couldn't get down, go off and do all these things. But you know what his heart was like? His heart saw Jesus. Please remember me when you come in your kingdom. Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. But here's what, here's what that guy was probably doing. He didn't even know it theologically, but here's what he was doing. He was doing what Paul said. It's no longer I that live, but Christ lives in me. In the life in which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faithfulness of the Son of God who loved me, gave himself up for me. If you call on the name of Jesus, he will save you. He will save you. As the old Baptist hymn, he will save you now. But for believers, for you and, you and me, this pandemic has done a lot of things to a lot of people. I don't tell you what it's done to me. It's brought me back to a deeper passion than ever before. I didn't get away from God. I got closer to God. I got more clarity in my life. Things that I never want to do ever again. Mindsets I don't want to take a grip on me again. I want to be first things first. I want to lay aside every weight and the sin that nips at me to entangle me, not your sin, my sin. I want to make full proof of my life instead of being a fool. I want to get as far away from my old nature as I possibly can and make full proof of my life before the king. You? Would you pray with me? Lord, all of us need to be gripped by the moment we are in right now in this world. Lord, some of us have been good at hitting fastballs that the devil throws. There's no movement on them. But this past year has been a curveball. Major league. Minor leaguers can't hit it. Help us to listen to you. Help us to stand for you, but not in a way that brings disrepute to your name. Make our hearts a house of prayer and help us set our hearts ablaze to give and give and give because he who has been given much, much is required. Lord, we stand before you in humility and brokenness and confession and ask you to fill us fresh with your Holy Spirit. Come on. Come on, church. Lord, we don't want to live in the toxicity of having a critical spirit or putting condemnation on people. Lord, we don't want to live in a way where boomerangs keep hitting us in the head because we keep repeating the same mistakes over and over, falling into the traps and cycles triggered by our flesh. Lord, we repent before you. We pray you'd bathe us in the grace of the mercy of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit. Cleanse us from sins of the flesh and hidden sins of the Spirit. And as I close, I pray the words of David. 
upon my life and upon our church and upon anybody listening what David, led by the Spirit, deeply humbling himself before God, called on the Lord and said, Purify my conscience, Lord. Make this leper clean again. Wash me in your love until I'm pure in my heart. Satisfy me in your sweetness. How many of you would just confess to the Lord, Lord, I- I've lost my sweetness. I've lost, my, I've lost the honey out of the rock. Lord, my tenderness, I can't find it. Come on, get honest and real before the Lord, and he'll lift you up. David prayed, satisfy me in your sweetness so that my song of joy might return. The places within me, God, that aren't, any, aren't any, of any value, crush them, but then touch me with your healing hand. Hallelujah. Come on, we're having church right now. Come on, we're having church right now. Hide my sins from your face, O oh Lord. I have so many. Erase all my guilt by your saving grace and blood. Come on, let's, let's go there, friend. Come on, church. God, create a new, clean heart within me. Fill me with pure thoughts and holy desires ready to please you. Lord, I ask it again. Set us free from toxicity. Set us free from the, from the things that have placed their, their, their hold in our soul that need not be there. This is no resting place for those things in our lives. This is the time, church. We must get clean in our soul. May your sacred spirit fill our lives. Let my passion for life be restored. Let me taste joy as you bring me to breakthrough and bring me to you. Come on, David had to pray this. Let's pray this. Hold me close to you with a new, fresh, willing spirit that obeys you when you speak. Come on, Holy Spirit, help us. Holy Spirit, we are here to say we can't do Christ. We can't do Christian. We need bathed in the grace and power of the Holy Spirit of God. Only then I can show guilty ones the way home. I can show love and mercy to those who've hurt me. Help me to help them find their way back home, knowing that they'll forgive them because I offer forgiveness. Lord, by the grace of God, feeling it or not, I stand in this pulpit and I release every person. I pardon. I release. I forgive. I return blessing. 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 Think of somebody right now, friend. Think of someone right now. Release them. Emancipate them. Bless them. Let them go free. Let them go free. Lay the toxicity down at the foot of Jesus and say, Lord, I don't want this. I don't want the heaviness. I don't want the torment of it. I don't want the toxicity. Holy Spirit, bathe me. Unlock my heart, Lord. Oh God, unlock the heart of the church. 
what we have shown this world in the past couple months, what we have said, what we have proclaimed, where we've planted our flag has nothing to do with the nature of the bleeding heart of Jesus. Unlock our heart. Unlock my lips and help me to overcome with praise. May the fountain of your pleasure be found in my life again. May my shattered heart awaken to tenderness again as I humbly bow down at your feet. I'm going to do that. I know the time has way gone. Listen, but I, I ask you if you can get on your knees. And listen to the last part of this. I I pray this over myself. I pray this over my family, my household. I pray this over your household. I pray this over the church, the Lighthouse of Hope. I pray it over the churches in our area. God, may the fountain of your pleasure be found in us again in the sacrifice of my shattered heart before you. Because you will not despise tenderness as I humbly bow down at your feet. Because you, listen, because you long to favor the household of faith, do what is good for us. Be the protecting wall around your sheep in this world. And as you fully restore us, help us to rejoice in you as you take delight in every offering of our lives. I'm just going to sit here. I need to get quiet before the Lord. Maybe you do too. As the, as the band plays, we'll end it. Dust, just take us wherever. But I, I just need to sit here a minute. I, I need to. I need. I need to create space for grace to be the the predominant crown inside of me. Don't let the enemy condemn you for the feelings that are negative and hurtful that you have toward others because they hurt you deeper than you you want to hurt them. It's natural. Some of us have been hurt in, 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 in many unjustifiable ways. And you didn't deserve it. You did not deserve it. And you carry that. And the devil's trying to make you feel guilty for having those feelings. You're not guilty. Jesus gave us this message to get us out of the prison cell where we can get on the other side and give off of us those things and give it to God and give it to the one who judges righteously. I pray that the Holy Spirit will give you a grace to be able to do that and to not live under condemnation as you transition. Not everybody can do that in a moment. Not everybody can have this moment and boom, it's all, we get in the car, we enjoy the snowy ride home. No. Sometimes this is a transition. Sometimes what, what I might have just done by the Holy Spirit for some of us is just open the wound. Just take the, take the, the, the cut it open. But here we are Holy Spirit, we ask you to grace that person that feels guilty. 
knowing what we're supposed to do. We can't suppose anything. Only God, who holds us in our hurts, can free us from them. I ask you to do it, Lord. Those here, those watching, help us. This is miraculous. This is supernatural. This cannot be worked up. But we ask you to do it, Lord. God bless you as you pray.